the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 7. Genesis chapter 15 and verses 1 through 7, and I will read that uh, for you, and then we'll get uh, into tonight's uh, message. <clears throat> After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless and the heir of my house, uh, <clears throat> Elzar of Damascus? Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. And then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And then verse seven, then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. God's word for God's people and God's word is already blessed. This evening, what I would like to share with each and every one of you, and this is something that uh, message series of sermons that I've been sharing with our church plant and uh, dealing with the life of Abram. And when you think about the life of Abram, when you read and you study about Abram and everything that Abram went through, and yes, there's a lot of history behind that. And again, uh, time just does not permit me to go into uh, all the, the history and everything. So again, I encourage you to if you've already read, read this, go back and reread it again and reread it again because the Word of God is just so awesome. You'll always, it's just like traveling down the highway. Uh, you go down the highway one time, you go down that same highway again, and you notice something you never noticed the first time around or the third and the fourth uh, time around. But in tonight's text, when you think about what Abram has been going through, how God is dealing with Abram, it's necessary. That's it. It's necessary. So you may ask the question tonight, so brotherhood, what is necessary? What's necessary? And I'm glad that you asked, because if you and I are going to be all that God has called us to be, all that God wants us to be, if we're going to be where it is that the Lord truly desires you and I to be, then you need to understand tonight that there are just some things that's necessary that you and I must experience along this journey, along this walk with God. And so when you look at the text tonight, when you think about Abram, when you think about Abram's walk with God, and I pray that each and every one of you that are here tonight, I pray that you do have a walk with God. I pray that you are faithful and that you are steadfast in your walk and in your personal relationship with God. But if you and I are growing up in God, then the faith that you and I have today ought to be stronger than the faith that you and I had when we first believed. If you truly are going to walk with God, if you're truly going to be all that God would have you to be, then your faith at this very moment ought to be stronger than yesterday. Your faith at this very moment 
ought to be stronger than it was a week ago. Your faith at this very moment in God ought to be stronger than it was a year ago. If you and I are truly walking with God, if you and I are truly leaning and depending on God. To wait a long time is a theme throughout Abram's life. When you read the story of Abram, when you study Abram, when you dissect Abram, the thing that you will constantly find out throughout Abram's walk with God and Abram's dealing with God, or I should say God dealing with Abram, is this theme, this thing that we call wait, waiting. And if you be honest with yourself, or let me say I should be honest with myself, I can be very impatient. I don't like to wait. It burns me up to go through a fast food restaurant, and I cannot believe they have the nerve and the audacity to call it fast food, and you have to sit in line for 45 minutes. And yet, it's supposed to be fast food. Yet, when I get to the traffic light, and if I'm running behind on any other given day, all the traffic lights would be green, but the day that I'm running late, it seemed like every traffic light catches me. Or it seems as if somebody pulls out in front of me and they want to sightsee. But any other given day, any other given day, there's nobody in front of me or anything, and I'm very impatient. I find myself always constantly in a hurry. But this evening, I stopped by to inform some of you and even to remind others of you that are here tonight that if we are truly going to walk with God, if you are going to walk with God, it is necessary that there are just some things you have to wait for. There's some things you're going to have to learn to be patient with God about. And God may not come when you and I want him to come, but he is always on time. Never forget that, that he may not necessarily come when you and I desire for him to come, but God is never late. Because again, God is always on time. So again, when we look here at the life of Abram, when we think about the life of Abram, again, the theme throughout the life of Abram is this thing that we call wait. Because again, when you think about Abram, when you think about what's going on in the text, think about Abram now, he's 75. Abram is 75 when he receives the promise. But God does not fulfill the promise until he is 99. Now, I want you to think about that. He is 75 when God makes the promise to him, but God does not fulfill the promise until he is 99. And what this suggests, what the text suggests to us tonight is God does not care how impatient we get. He does not care if we throw a tantrum. He does not care if we close our Bible and throw our hands up in the air because that is not going to make God move any faster. You can shed all the tears that you want, but that is still not going to harry God. And again, if you deem it necessary, and I pray that each and every one of you here tonight deem it necessary to walk with God by faith. But if you deem it necessary and those of you who are witnessing to others, you need to make sure that you don't ever forget this. And you need to make sure that you're sharing this with others as God put them in your path and as you are witnessing to them. That if we deem it truly necessary to walk with God by faith, then we've got to learn to wait on the Lord. We as humans, again, we always want to know ahead of time 
before we act on anything, before we make decisions on anything, we always want to know. I'm the type of person, I always want to know everything that I can know. I always want to have all the data that I can get before I make a decision. And guess what? In my 42 years of living, I have discovered there are times in my life where I won't necessarily have all the information. There are times in my life when my wife, and she knows I don't like surprises. And she says, I've got something to tell you. Well, tell me right now. No, wait till you get home. No, I'm like a little kid. I want to know right now. And yet, I've got to learn to be patient. Yes, I've got to learn to wait on God. And brothers and sisters, again, God is, isn't on social media. So God is not going to put out what he is going to do ahead of time based on our time. God is not going to put out what he is doing in your life or what he is about to do in your life ahead of time based on your time or my time. See, God doesn't work like that. And again, if God did that, then there will be no need for this thing that we call faith. Because the Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to believe God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so, again, as God is working with you, as you are witnessing and you're sharing the gospel with others, again, you need to understand that it's necessary if you're going to walk with God, you've got to have faith. And here's the thing about it. You cannot have faith when it is convenient for you. You cannot have faith when you and your wife get along all the time. But you still got to have faith in God and know that God is God. Even on those mornings, as I tell our new church plant uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I think I've shared this once upon a time here at Longview Point several months ago when I was standing in this very place, in this very spot teaching. But uh, Shannon and I just happened to be one morning where we did not see eye to eye while I was getting ready for work. And me and you, at least nod your head as I'm talking because Uh, Maybe you can sympathize with me, but we did not see eye to eye. And so I finished getting ready to go about my daily business and everything. And I walked outside the door and ladies, I got ready to turn around to my wife, who I just love dearly and will do anything for her and got ready to say goodbye. And I love you. And she had already slammed the door. So I guess she was ready to see me go. I guess she was ready for me to get out of the house. And I said all that to say that there will be times in your life where you don't necessarily understand things. There will be times in your life where everything does not necessarily go your way. But do you still have faith in God? Do you still trust God? Do you trust God to the point that even though you may not understand and even though you cannot trace his hand in the dark, you still trust him? And you still know that God is God. And so, again, God is not going to put out uh, whatever it is he has planned for you and I ahead of time based on our time. Again, you and I are not used to waiting. Mankind is not used to waiting. But again, if we deem it necessary to walk with God by faith, then we need to learn. If you have not already learned, you need to begin to learn that there will be times, there will be seasons in your life where you will have to just 
learn to wait on God. I don't care what mama say, don't care what daddy say, no disrespect to big daddy or whoever, but there will be times in your life that God will place you in his waiting room. And no matter how impatient you get, no matter how much you uh, may go back and forth, you will not leave. God will not allow you to leave until he does whatever it is that he wants to do with you and however it is he wants to work with and through you. And so, again, we are not used to waiting. We want instant coffee. We want instant grits. We want instant oatmeal. And for many of us, we want instant relationships. And again, that's the human side of thing, but that's not God. That is not God. That is not how God works. Everything in our world, brothers and sisters, has to be quick. But God does not care anything about your schedule or my schedule. God does not have to sync his time with our time. Again, you need to understand this. And the sooner you understand this, the better you rest at night. The sooner you begin to understand and realize that he is not wearing a watch and he does not have to sync it up with your time and my time because he's God. He's God and there's nobody greater than him. God is so awesome. God is so powerful. And God is so unique that when he makes decisions, he consults himself because there's nobody greater than himself. Gifts that come from God cannot be forced. Futures stay in the hand of God who gives them to all and who are patient enough to wait on him. See, there are things that God is doing with you. There's things that God is about to do. Uh, with some of you. There's things that God is already working in your life. And again, there's sometimes we can get impatient. There's sometimes we don't understand. There's sometimes we don't see A from Z. And we don't, we may see the beginning, but we don't necessarily see the end or we don't necessarily see all the pieces that are going on in the middle. But again, tonight, I want to encourage you, learn to wait on God because it is in our waiting. It is in God's waiting room where God begins to reveal things to you and I and what he is doing uh, in our lives. But again, this only comes by those who are patient enough to wait on God. Like Abram in the text tonight, like Abram in the text tonight, we come to discover that God is to us what we need at the moment. Again, I believe that's worth saying. Abram here in tonight's text comes to discover that God is to you and I what we need at the moment, whether it be comfort, whether it be wisdom, whether it be strength, whether it be a gift, God at that very moment, that's what God is to you. Because again, let me break that down. For some of you right now tonight, you need comfort and God can be that for you at that very moment. For some of you tonight, you are dealing with a problem, you're dealing with a situation and you need wisdom. And God will be that wisdom for you. Some of you tonight may need a mother, need a father, may need tears wiped from your weeping eye. And God will be that for you at that very moment. If you deem it necessary to walk with God by faith. So again, God wants you and I 
to grow as Christians. And you need to understand, if you deem it necessary to walk with God by faith, there ought to be some growing. Again, there ought to be some things that aggravated you maybe two or three years ago, but don't necessarily aggravate you now. Because you've grown from that spot. There are some things now that used to frustrate you, but because you have grown in God and you've got closer to God, you can look at those things now and you can smile and laugh. There have been times in your life where you may have tossed and turned because you've been worried about something. Something has been on your mind, your heart, and it has burdened you down. But because you have now grown in Christ and you continue to grow in Christ, what you have come to realize, just as Brian Hood has come to realize, if God is going to be up all night because the Bible said he neither sleeps nor slumber. So since God is up all night, I might as well go to sleep. But you only come to that realization if you are growing in the Lord. And if we are not growing, then we are not walking. If you're not growing in the Lord, then you're not walking. There is no way you can truly effectively walk with God if you're not growing with the Lord. And my question to you tonight, are you growing with God? Are you truly growing with God? Are you growing in God as well, I should say? Because one of the things I've discovered, we, is we talk a good game. We can tell people what they ought to do how they ought to do. We can tell them how it looks. We can write a a good paper. We can write a good book. But here's my question to you tonight. Are you living it though? Are you living out what you're telling somebody else? Every time you tell somebody else to hold on, God will make a way. When you tell somebody just be patient, are you being patient? Are you holding on? Even when it looks like in your life that God is not going to show up, even when you feel like God has forgotten all about you, do you still have faith? Do you still trust God? So let's look at a couple of things here as we carry on. So when you look at tonight's uh, scripture, when you look at uh, tonight's text, and I promise you I will let you out of here um, in the next six hours. So A lot of ground to cover, a lot of ground to cover. So the first thing we notice here uh, in tonight's text, first of all, Abram has some concerns. And here's the thing that I want to make sure that each and every one of you understand. That's the first point, that if you deem it necessary to walk with God by faith, and there are going to be times when God, just as he called Abram, you have to understand, God has called Abram to leave all that he knows, to go to a place that he has never been. And along the journey, there's some things that Abram has experienced and will experience. But in tonight's text, first thing we notice, he has some concerns. And I want to make sure that you understand it is okay to have some concerns. It's okay to have some concerns as you and I deem it necessary to walk with God by faith. God opens this section with a reminder to us. To us, that he is what he say he is. And God not only opens up this section with a reminder to us of who he is, but also what he is doing. He reminds us and Abram of his person. Notice here in the text, notice right here, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. So again, 
here's the concerns. Abram is afraid. But notice here what the Lord, he reminds Abram of his person. He said, Abram, I'm your shield. I'm your exceedingly great reward. He refers to himself, as you continue to read, the Lord refers to himself as Jehovah, the great I am. You need to understand in your walk, in your walk and in times and in seasons of your life of uncertainty, always remember who God is. And there will be times where God will whisper to you. There will be times where God will actually speak to you if you are listening with the, not the physical ear, but the spiritual ear. And while you may have concerns, and if all of us be open and honest with ourselves, as big of a Christian as you may be, all of us in here still have concerns. At least I do. There are still things that I still wonder about. There are still things in my family, in my personal life, things that I see in this world that concern me. And yet, at the same time, God, every now and then and every once in a while, God always reminds me of who he is and what he is doing. And I want to encourage you tonight. Not only you, you should be encouraged that for yourself, but you ought to share that with others who are struggling, those who is living this uncertainty in their life, those who are burdened by whatever it is that they're allowing to burden them down, that if they deem it necessary to walk with God by faith, if they trust in God, God is God. He is the great I am. And in due time, God will tell you, God will reveal to you what it is that he is doing in your life. God, God, he was here before anything and God will be here after everything. You need to understand that. You need to realize that. You need to rest in knowing that God was here before anything and God will be here after everything. He is in control of all things. God controls all things. When I think about what's going on in our world today, every time you turn on the TV, you read the newspaper, social media, it is unrest here, high gas prices, inflation, I mean, you look around, people that you once trust, that you looked up to, and sometimes you wonder and you ponder, did they lose their mind? What are they thinking? And in spite of all the unrest, wars and rumors of wars and things that go on in your family and things on the job and how people feel about our country and the direction, all these things that's going on. And yet, tonight, I want to make sure that you understand, in spite of everything that I just said to you, God is still in control. God is still in control. I don't care what a politician tells you. I don't care what promises that somebody make to you. God is still in control because what's happening now and what you and I see now, rest assured, God is not doing like you and I and sitting up and go, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see the unrest coming in this world. And let me bring it down on a personal level. I did not see the unrest that was going to happen in your life. I did not see the sickness that you were going to have to eventually deal with. I did not see your failing health coming. I didn't see that there will be times in your life you have to look at your parents and watch them slowly decline. And there's not anything that you can do about it. Loved ones, people that you grew up with, and they got off the track. God is not saying, I didn't see that one coming. 
God has always been in control. And people ask the question when you think about mass school shootings, this and that. And somebody asked me the question the other day, if God is so loving brotherhood, if God is this and you talk about this God, you talk about this God, you preach about this God, where, where was he when all of this was happening? And here's my response. God has been where he's always been, sitting on the throne, interceding on your behalf and my behalf, running the affairs of this world. He's always in control. And so Abram here, he has some concerns. But also, I want to make sure that you also understand, look how Look how God reminds Abram of his power, that even in our concerns, even as we deem it necessary to walk with God by faith, and yes, you have concerns. Yes, there may be some uncertainty. Yes, there are some things that you're dealing with, and sure, you walk through the door, and you're smiling and grinning and everything, but there's a lot of times that there's a lot of people that are sitting in this room tonight. You came in smiling, but on the inside, you're screaming and hollering. Because there are things that you're dealing with. There are things that you're about to have to go through that you don't necessarily want to have to go through. There are things that you're dealing with you don't feel as if nobody else understands. And they may not understand, but God understands all things. And yet God takes the time in the midst of Abram's concern and God reminds Abram of his power. Here it is right here in the text. He reminds Abram of where he is now, and it's because of God's power. God reminds Abram that you are where you're at right now because of me. And that's the thing I think we need to be very careful of, that if we deem it necessary to walk with God by faith, if we deem to grow stronger in the Lord, you need to understand that where you are at right now, it's not because of your money. It's not because of your finances, your resources, your education, or who you know. But you are at where you're at right now because of God's power. You're doing what you are doing, not in and of yourself, but you are doing it because of God's power. Don't ever take credit. Don't ever take credit. Whatever it is that God allows you to do, those that God allow you to witness to and those who come to Christ don't ever take credit that you did it now you and I was just an instrument but it was the power of God if you and your spouse are getting along tonight don't you take credit for that now Shannon and I we're getting along yeah she just didn't like me that morning she's not here I can talk about that for a moment but thank the Lord, we have been married for 18 years, but it's not because I am so great. It is not because I am so awesome, because I can tell you, ladies, my wife tells me all the time, and she keeps me level grounded because she tells me all the time, I am not impressed with you, Brian Hood. <laughs> and I truly thank God that she tells me that all the time, because I have the notion sometimes I can get the big head. People can pat me on the back and tell me I did a good job. And there are times when I'm done preaching and everything and people will come up and shake my hand or whether it's a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, Brother Hood, you did an awesome job. Man, you did a great job and everything. And get in the car and we're driving down the road and I'll look over at her. Baby, how did I do? And I'm ready for her to say the same thing I heard all day long. You did a good job. You're awesome. You did all right. <laughs> Just keep studying. Keep walking with God. That's what she said. 
And I'm glad that she does that because whatever transpires, whatever comes out of me and through me, it is not because of me, but it is a result of the power of God. And you need to understand that. You need to understand that uh, tonight uh, as well. So it's the power. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's the power of God because here's the thing. If God had taken his hands off of us, brothers and sisters, and let me just be honest with you, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but to show you the power of God, if God had taken his hands off of each and every one of us, we would be in hell right now. We would be in hell right now. And I hear the story of Job, and I hear preachers talk about Job, and where the Bible talks about how Satan talks about that the Lord has a hedge around Job, and that's true what the Scripture said. But I like to just go a little step further when I hear uh, individuals talk about this hedge and everything. God is so powerful. God is so awesome. And yes, that hedge that God has around me, that hedge that God has around you as he keep you on a daily basis, God is so powerful, he don't have to remove the hedge. God is so powerful if he just lower it just a little bit. See, we think all the time that in order for Satan to get us, God has to remove the entire hedge. Now, if God just lower it. I hear people talk all the time when we hear about somebody falling by the wayside. When we hear somebody committing a very sinful act or whatever the case may be. And the other day, uh, there were some people that was talking to me and they was, we were talking about an individual or something that really happened uh, that was really a sad indictment. And all these individuals that I was in the group with was just talking, well, that's such a shame and blah, 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 blah. But when they got to me and they asked me the question, well, Brother Hood, what do you think? And this is what I said, I'm just glad I hadn't fallen yet. Because I realize the only reason why I'm standing right now is not because of Brian Hood. It's because of the power of God. And so anytime you hear somebody falling by the wayside, anytime you hear somebody that has allowed themselves to be tripped up by Satan, don't you ever make the mistake of saying, I wouldn't do that. Don't you ever shake your head and say, oh, what a shame. But there ought to be brothers and sisters in Christ not only praying for those individuals, but you ought to be thanking God. It's not you yet. Because at any given moment, at any given moment, if God takes his hands off of you, if God takes his hands off of me, we are subject to do the same thing. So tonight I am glad for and I'm truly thankful for the power of God. God does not have to, again, he doesn't have to move the head. All he has to do is to lower the hedge. We should never come into God's presence acting as we did God a favor by showing up. Man, it just, it tickles me to see some people when they come in, whether it's on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, with the chest all stuck out, head all up in the air. You can say hello, and you know you spoke loud enough where they can hear you, and they just walk right on by you. They sit down, and they act as if they have done God a favor by showing up. That that heaven is not going to move. Church cannot go on until they get here. Maybe y'all don't know people like that, but I did. But yet again, I stopped by tonight to inform and even remind some of you 
that we should never act as if we are doing God a favor. Because here's the reality of the matter. God was God before you and I got here. (laughs) And God will be God when you and I are long gone. God does not need you and I. And I think somewhere down the line, we've gotten that confused. I think we've gotten the the cart before the mule. And somewhere along the line, we actually have the nerve and the audacity to think that God needs us. And that is not the case. We are the ones that need God. This is why I pray on a daily basis. This is why I call on the name of Jesus. This is why I have to wait. This is why I understand and I realize there are just some things money cannot buy. There are just some things I cannot get myself out of. And no matter who it is, I know there are just some phone calls. You can make all the phone calls that you want. But there are just some things you've got to learn to wait on God. So again, when you show up and you're in the presence of God, don't act like you're doing God a favor by being here. We should be thankful that God woke us up this morning. We should be thankful that God allowed you and I to live another day. We should come thanking God with our faces to the ground that the Lord did not kill you and I for our sinful nature. Again, I don't know about you, but that is the attitude that I have on a daily basis. That when I come into the presence of God, God, thank you. You had every right to kill me in my sleep. You had every right to make sure that I did not make it home to see my wife and my children. And yet, you look beyond my faults and you see my needs. And God, I am thankful for that. And again, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but when I leave home in the uh, the morning time and my kids look at me and my Paige, my five-year-old, she asks me every day, Daddy, you got to go to work? Yes, honey, I got to go to work. Daddy got to go and he, daddy got to do what he does. Why do you have to do what she do? And she liked Pringles. She liked Pringles and Happy Meals. <laughs> and I said, well, Paige, if, you, if, if, you, if daddy going to be able to get you some Pringles, and here's the thing, every time she asks me that, she's either eating a Pringle or she's eating some type or playing with the toy or something that's left over from a Happy Meal. And I said, if, if daddy is going to be able to do that, Then he's got to go to work. And she said, well, I will see you this evening. And this is what I always say to her, Lord's willing. Because when you leave and you look at your family and you say goodbye, you get on the road, who told you you were going to make it back? When you send your children off the camp or wherever it is that you send them to, who told you they were going to come back? But If by chance, and I pray that they do, they make it back, and you make it back from your job safely and soundly. I pray that you come in the presence of God, thanking God that he kept you. Thanking God that nobody walked in on your job site or at your child's school and opening up fire and killing everybody. You ought to come in the presence of God, thanking God. And not having the attitude that you are doing God a favor. Psalms 121 and verse number one said, I will lift up my eyes to the hill from which cometh my help. All of my help. The psalmist said, all of my help comes from the Lord. Everything that has come your way and my way is because of the power of God. You need to understand that. Everything that has come your way, everything that will come your way, and I don't know what's coming your way, but whatever comes your way, 
you need to understand it's because of the power of God. It is not the power of you. It is not the power of Brian Hood, but the power of God. So not only does God remind Abram of his power, but also notice here in the text, God reminds Abram of his plan. He reminds him of his power. Abram has some concern. God at the same time, while Abram has some concern, uh, God reminds him of his power. Now when we look at the text, God reminds Abram of his plan. Notice here in uh, verse 7. He says, then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. So God, God reminds God brought him out to bring him in. Now, notice what I'm saying. Listen to what I am saying tonight. God brought him out in order to bring him in. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, as we deem it necessary to truly walk with God by faith, to be all that God would have you and I to be, to be where the Lord desire you and I to be, you need to understand tonight that there will be times, there will be seasons in your life, there will be seasons in my life where God has to take you and I out in order to bring us in. And this is what I mean by that. There are just sometimes, brothers and sisters, God has to take you and I away from what you think and what I think that we need in order for us to realize he had a plan for us all along. There are just some things, if you just be honest with yourself, there are just some things as humans we think we can't live without. There are just some things we truly think that we have to have. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been things in my life, there have been people in my life who I thought I could not live without. There have been things in my life I truly want, and I beg God day and night to give it to me. And guess what? Sometimes he did, and sometimes he didn't. And guess what? There have been times I got upset with God. Can you believe that? I guess Brian Hood is the only one that ever got mad at God. Whether that be a relationship. Have you really ever liked somebody? And you write them a little note, say, do you like me? And when I was in school, it was yes, maybe, and no. And I'd fold up the little paper, slide it to the little girl that I like, and then she would give it back to me really quickly. And me and you already know, if you get it back real quick, that's not a good sign. And I'd open it up and no. Sometimes I open it up, maybe, but I never could get anybody to say yes. And there'd be times I would be upset with God. There have been times, there have been jobs that I desired, promotions that I truly wanted, and I did not get it, and I would be upset with God. But the more I grow in God, the longer that I have walked with God in these 42 years, and now that I look back on my life, I can't help but to tell God, thank you. Because the job that I thought I want and the person who got it and now they are stressed out, they're on the verge of having a heart attack or a nervous breakdown, that could have been me. The person who I was so in love with and I truly wanted her to like me. And she said no. Or she said maybe. 
18 years of being married and go to class reunions now and everything, and I see her. And she's been married five times, divorced six times. God, thank you so much. But that's God. That's God. That's God. And God has to do that even though it causes you and I great pain at times, even though sometimes we may shed some tears, but God takes us out in order to bring us in, to show us all along that he had a plan for you and I, to show us that even though we think we know what's best, God is the one that truly knows what's best for each and every one of us here. Jeremiah, if you don't believe me, Jeremiah 29 tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And yet, brothers and sisters, tonight, as I get ready to wrap up, you have to be willing to get up from where you're at, to go to where God is trying to bring you. And my question to you tonight, are you willing to get up and go wherever it is that God is trying to lead you? Because believe it or not, God is trying to lead you somewhere. Now, I don't know where that is. I'm not a, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not going to tell you where the Lord is trying to lead you. You just got to spend some time with God. And if you spend time with God and you deem it necessary to walk with God by faith, in due time, God will reveal what it is that he wants you to do. Not only will he reveal to you what it is that he wants you to do, but God will even show you where he wants you to go. But my question to you tonight, are you willing to get up? Are you willing to get up and to go to where God is trying to bring you? When I think about Abram, and I'm closing if you don't believe me, when I think about Abram, when I think about all that Abram had to go through, and this is a man who he left all that he knew. This is a man at the same time when God called him, and you have to go back uh, to chapter 12 of the book of Genesis. When God called him, Abram took somebody along the journey that gave him indigestion. Because, see, the Bible said that in chapter 12, the Lord had been calling Abram, which suggests in the text that it's not the first time that God had been calling Abram. And when you keep reading there in the text, and the Bible said, still over there in chapter 12, and Lot went with him. And the problem with that is God called Abram, but he didn't call Lot. And there's some things that Abram experienced along the journey because he took somebody with him that God never told him to take with him in the first place. But you get on over into chapter 13 and 14, and the Bible tells us, the scriptures tells us, and after Abram separated himself from Lot, then the Lord truly began to remind him of the promise. So if you deem it necessary to walk with God, and you may ask, now, Brotherhood, that was a mouthful. What does all that mean? If you truly deem it necessary to walk with God by faith, yes, we got to trust God. Yes, the power of God, the plan of God, uh, Abram's concern. But you also need to understand there's going to be places that God have a desire for you to go. You can't take everybody with you. Everybody is not invited to go where God is leading you. There will be times in your life you will have to separate yourself from people, whether that be friends, family, whoever. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you don't care for them. It's just they're not invited on this journey.
May God keep you tonight is my prayer long viewpoint. May God bless you. May God keep you. Thank you.